may have been seeing videos from an incredible woman on Soul Career social media lately. That's because in the past six months, we have welcomed Beatrice de la Posa to the team as an executive coach and an investor in Soul Career, our first woman investor, yay! Beatrice has an incredible story and background, taking her from Spain, where she was born, to Barbados, where she lives right now. From working as a project manager at Amazon to working with us at Soul Career, we can't wait for her to share her story with you today. So Beatrice, welcome to the Soul Career Podcast. Thank you, Lisandra. We're so happy to have you on the team and on the podcast. So tell me, let's start with what you're doing right now. Tell us about your role as an executive coach, both with Soul Career and elsewhere. How did that happen? How did you become a coach? What's the story behind that? Yes, so how did that happen? I moved to the Caribbean five years ago following my husband's relocation. And then I had to quit my job at Amazon at that point. Um, And I needed to reinvent myself uh, here. And basically I started, you know, I I had my two kids and life was busy, but I started um, looking into doing some courses and then I was very interested in personal development so I started a a coaching course just for myself out of curiosity just to learn and I just I found it so inspirational and so insightful that I fell in love with it so I kept doing more and more courses and getting certifications and you know and at some point somebody gave me the opportunity to start doing I had my own clients and then I started working with companies and well, and you know, like fast forward like five years, here I am being an executive and leadership co- a coach for Soul Career. Yeah. Yeah, you've been just an incredible, incredible blessing. I always describe Beatrice as a blessing to our company. She really, really is. So, Beatrice, the million dollar question is this your soul career? Absolutely. I mean, for the time being, absolutely. You never know what comes later in life in the next, next chapters but um but i find that you know i when i do coaching i sometimes i use this model that is called the ikigai it's a japanese model that talks about what is the reason for being your purpose your life purpose and it covers four areas like your talents your passions what is a meaningful contribution to you and what you can get paid for and coaching for me it overlaps those four areas it's totally like my soul career absolutely absolutely and i love that because one of our key core values at soul career is purpose we embrace who we are meant to be in this world that is part of our manifesto and i think a lot of women are attracted to executive coaching because of the freedom the flexibility and the giving back and the the impact that you have on your clients so especially coming out of the pandemic, we see more and more women leaving the corporate world like you did and coming into this world of executive coaching that gives us that business background, but also more impact, more freedom, more flexibility. Yes, Lisandra, and it's not only about the flexibility and the freedom that this job um, allows, but for me, in my case, it was also about like how it fits my personality because when I did some psycho- psychometric assessments and personality um, tests, um, I found out that with the Myers-Briggs, for instance, I'm an extrovert off the chart. And for me, that means that I really recharge my batteries with people. And also, 
when I did the DISC assessment that we use a lot in, in Soul Korea as well, I discovered that my highest style is an influencer, which thrives through making connections and making building relationships with people. So what I saw through my career is that the common denominator was always working and focusing on people. Yeah. So then coaching is just, you know, it's, it's really what fits me. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you raised that point because everything we do is based on first figuring out who we really are. And it's the same thing for me. High extrovert, both on DISC and on Myers-Briggs, recharge through people. I remember we were on a call with a big corporate client the other day and they're like, don't you get exhausted doing all this coaching? And we were like, no, we get energized from coaching other people. So that's a really, really good point, Bea. So why is executive coaching so impactful for people? What are some of the results that people tend to get when they work with an executive coach? So for me, it comes down to three things. It's basically um, leveraging your strengths. So first, you know exactly what are your strengths, your strengths, your strong points and your resources and how to leverage them in different contexts. So you become, you gain a lot of awareness, self-awareness mm-hmm. and and that gives you a lot of ownership in terms of how do you want to function, how do you want to behave and think, right? right. Second is about developing a learning mindset. Uh, and again, it's about being intentional and questioning your own self-limiting beliefs, questioning your thoughts and your behaviors. Like we keep learning through life. And, and this take me, takes me to the third point, which is basically accelerating growth. To me, coaching is all about boosting the growth like you are gonna get there anyway but what what it does executive coaching it boosts um uh you forward to mm-hmm. grow faster and uh, it's all about learning and getting into action and practicing new behaviors practicing a new mindset getting new perspectives so it's gaining awareness taking the ownership to you know take control and then just start practicing and implementing new ways of doing things in order to grow personal and professionally. Yeah, absolutely. What I love when I worked with a coach is it just gave me some frameworks to address challenging situations. Um, And I'm a very framework oriented person. Like I need a framework in order to move me forward in doing the thing. When I procrastinate it's because I don't have a framework to know how to address the thing, right? And apart from that, I also felt like It was about modifying my behavior. So executive coaching won't ever change who you are, right? We can never change our personalities, but we can tweak our behaviors, especially in relation to other people, in order to have better relationships, better communication, better performance, and so on. And coaching is about those slight behavior modifications, whereas training is more about like knowledge transfer. And that's why a coaching program takes months, right? Because we're not just transferring knowledge, it's about adjusting our behaviors as well. Um, So I'm an individual, I'm looking for an executive coach. What are some of the things that I should really look for in a coach? Well, obviously there is, um, for me, the, the, the first thing that comes to mind is chemistry. Yeah. I mean, you need to feel that that person inspires you that that person is going to become your ally, supporter, and that there is trust that you can feel that, you know, the coach might challenge you at some point, but you need to create this trust and open relationship in which you feel challenged in a good way, in a constructive way. 
and that um, that there is that, that chemistry, that there is this mutual feeling that yeah we can work together. Mm-hmm. For me, that's the most important, and obviously there is obvious ones in terms of reference experience. And I will say, read the testimonials from other clients. Yeah. So just find out, you know, let other people talk about you in that sense, to for other clients to feel that there is like oh that's what I want, you know. Yeah. What did you look for when you were looking for an executive coach yourself? Okay, so this was um, the last time I looked for an executive coach. It was last year. And I basically found myself in a place where I was doing coaching. I was working, but um, I was not in the place where I wanted to be in terms of professional growth. And I, I had the feeling I needed to run faster. I didn't know what that meant. But I need to do bigger and faster and and learning more. And I was just really hungry for a different speed. So then I, I, I was looking for someone that was really, truly inspiring from a, a logical point of view in terms of like, I, I you know, I, I look for someone that really had a lot of common sense and, and logic, but at the same time, very important for me, very human and, and um, passion for soft skills and understanding emotions and, and so on. And I think that the link of those, um, it was the, the ideal combination for me. Yeah, yeah. I like tougher coaches just personally, and it's all personal preference, right? But. I like people who aren't going to let me get away with things because I'm such a great talker. I talk, I communicate, I'm very persuasive. I don't want someone who's going to be swayed by what I say. I want them to hold me to account and kind of whip me into shape <laughs> and say, no, remember, this is what we agreed. You're not going to talk your way out of it. Um, so I like someone who's a little more tough, who has a great background in lots of different frameworks and tools to address different situations. And who has experience, who has experience with business and understand. I don't like when coaches are too soft or wishy-washy or listen too much. I do like when they rein me in a little bit. So that's my personal preference. (laughs) So now let's talk about the corporate clients. What are some of the things a company should look for when thinking about hiring an executive coach for its employees? Sure. So I think when it comes to corporate, normally they... What a company wants when they, they engage with coaching is that they want to achieve performance goals, but also well-being. They want to make sure that their employees can manage burnout and especially after COVID and so on. They want to make sure that um, the employees have a sounding board and they can keep developing professionally in a very safe, confidential space. Um, and I think they should look for coaching companies or yeah or teams that actually they can identify with in the sense of they have the same values and they operate in a same way mm-hmm. um, so that there is a little bit more of a clear connection when there is a, you know the, when the coaching happens with the employees 
Absolutely. I love that point because a more formal kind of conservative company or an institution may want a more formal type of coaching for its staff, whereas a more entrepreneurial, fast-paced, uh, future-of-work-oriented organization would want more modern, uh, fluid, flexible, fast-paced coaches as well. So that values system is really, really important when a company is looking for a coach or a team of coaches for their employees. Yeah. So let's finish up on this part, on the executive coaching part, with just talking a little bit about how we do it at Soul Career. So exactly, I hired Soul Career as my individual executive coach. How does coaching work exactly? What am I signing up for? So basically, we offer different packages of like six or 12 sessions. And coaching is a meeting between the coach and the client. You will be assigned a coach. And then you will have six sessions at the beginning the first session you normally um, uh, you decide on the coaching agreement which is uh, like the objectives for coaching and then through the sessions either six or twelve you work through those objectives and you um, normally they have to do with um, developing leadership skills conflict management better delegation time management uh, procrastination mindset management uh, learning on how to become more efficient and just um, uh, working through your self-limiting beliefs and all that and basically at the end we will have like an evaluation and uh, the coach will make sure that we stay on track on the objectives that the, the client decides and at the end you get a high-level resort which, which um, will be a summary with all the tools that have been shared, the models, the frameworks, and the, the most important, the main insights and the main learnings that have happened during the coaching process. Right, so you get a little short report at the end, but there's nothing confidential in that report because you are hyper vigilant about the confidentiality because it's so important to us and to our clients. So tell us why confidentiality is so important, Bea. Of course. Um, well, I think as coaches, we need to be very, very strict and, and follow the confidentiality 100% in the sense that you can always establish, only establish trust um, with your client if there is a safe, you create a safe space, if they feel free to share anything. Because this is about personal learning and it's about um, leveraging your strengths but also sometimes looking into your self-limiting beliefs and looking inside and kind of like take ownership on what are your weaknesses and what are the things that you want to improve so those are very delicate topics and I, I think it's crucial that the client feels that it's a, it's, a, it's a safe environment. Right. So, yeah, I think that's really interesting because we don't even talk about our clients and what what's discussed in one-on-one -on -one coaching. We don't talk amongst each other as teammates. That's even confidential within the team. And we have to make sure the corporate companies especially know upfront that we're not there to spy on employees. It cannot have that tone at all. All they're going to do is be able to input the manager's input a little bit, a few bullet points at the beginning. This is, these are some of the areas that I think could be touched on in coaching. And then at the end, if we agree up front, then that final report may get shared at the end. But that's it. Nothing that's discussed in the middle gets shared with a company if it's a corporate client. 
Right. So I think we've really dove into executive coaching and what it means and so on. I get a lot of questions like, what is it? What does it really mean to have an executive coach? And I think we have that covered now, Bea. So now we want to know more about Bea, more about Beatrice, the person. Where do you come from, Bea? Where do you come from and landed in my life like this amazing treasure that you are? So let's go back to the beginning of your story. Where did you grow up? Where did you go to college? Tell us about that whole journey before coming to the Caribbean. Sure. So I'm originally from Spain, from Madrid, and I lived 20 years there. Um, and then I got a scholarship to learn English in the Netherlands, which is <laughs> a little bit of a, a shock for some people. So then I moved to the Netherlands for one year and I, I did my last year of university and then I really loved the country and I decided to stay. And that was really the beginning of my journey because I never went back to Spain. Um, I lived 12 years in the Netherlands. Then wow! Moved, yeah, yeah, that was a, a big experience. And of course, uh, during that time I was working, I was very lucky to get into a big corporation. It was a Fortune 500 manufacturing company. And I got an amazing experience in the sense that I, you know, I got different, five different roles, promoted several times, they paid for my MBA. It was just an amazing growth uh, learning experience for me. And then at some point, my husband relocated again to Luxembourg. So again, in a new country where I didn't speak the language, the official language of the country. So first was Dutch and then it was French or German yeah, in Luxembourg. And then, well, I, I became a mom. I stopped for three years and, and then I started working for Amazon, which was again a big corporation and I had also a global role and it was a wonderful experience and, um, and totally different. I was working first in manufacturing and then I was working in the cloud. Yeah, <laughs> like the past to the future and making history, right? So it was an incredible experience and I, I learned a lot. And then my husband came up with another relocation and I said, no way, I'm not moving. And then he said, but wait, this time it's to the Caribbean. And I said, well, we can consider that. <laughs> and then so I said yes. And I came to Barbados and then that's when the whole coaching business show up in my life. And the rest is history. <laughs> so you met your husband while you were in the Netherlands. Yes, indeed. I was already living in the Netherlands for a few years when I met him. Yeah. And then you had your kids when you guys had moved to Luxembourg. Yeah, one comes from the Netherlands and one was born in Luxembourg. <laughs> and she has two sons, by the way, guys, two beautiful sons. How old are your sons, Bea? They're 9 and 11 right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then you came to the Caribbean. So it was Spain, to the Netherlands, to Luxembourg, to the Caribbean, a multi-location life. And you worked at a huge manufacturing company based in the Netherlands. And then you worked at Amazon as a project manager there. Um, what would you say is the biggest lesson or aha moment working with Amazon that you think you could share with our listeners? Sure. Um, for me, it was fascinating how the leadership principles at Amazon were not just words that you put on a poster and you share on your team lead, team lead uh, meeting day. Uh, they were actually 
behavioral principles that we all had to follow every single day and how they did that and how they managed to kind of really get everyone in the leadership development journey and day to day it was fascinating to learn you know all the processes and all the mechanisms and how everything was so consistently geared towards those principles yeah that was just amazing yeah what are the top two principles that you remember from amazon well for me i can tell you the ones that i do like i will always score highest or score the lowest right right yeah so for me earning trust was always the one that i score higher mm-hmm. with highest with everyone and i remember that the you know the team members in my team at that point they used to say that i was kind of the glue holding the team together so mm-hmm. that was really good and basically my people skills were just right earning trust that was the, the leadership principle and then the one that i scored the lowest it was probably thinking big because i like to be very analytical and i need to visualize step by step what's happening so for me it's difficult sometimes to imagine the castle without looking for the bricks yeah 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 Okay, good. No, that's really good. That gives us some insight into how it all works there. Um, so what would you say were some of the biggest challenges that you faced and overcame as you were making these choices in your career? So the biggest challenge for me in my career was probably working with difficult people. So at some point, I had to work with somebody that was really causing me a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. So I was being very, very stressful with that, having that um, work relationship. And, um, and it just, there was a point where I thought I could quit or I could just try to work through it and manage upwards, right? And then I took it on myself as this is going to be my challenge and it's going to be my learning challenge. So I'm going to get thicker skin and I'm going to manage upwards this person in the, in the sense of like, it's going to be my cha- my learning challenge. So when I started seeing it like that, it became like even like a game, you know, so I, I would choose my strategies and my way of communicating or sometimes flying below the radar, like in order to, to survive. Yeah. Because the option was just really quitting. And I just didn't want to quit. I didn't want to um I didn't want to abandon and and just surrender. Yeah. So that was not an option. So then I took it as a personal challenge. That was the the best learning. And then there Wait, is I love that story. I just wanna say that so many um, of our clients or individual clients come to us because they are at that point of quitting their jobs, whether it's difficult relationship with their team or whatever other reason. And so it's so interesting that you were at that point, but you chose not to, to try to navigate it and learn and grow in that experience. It's hard to do because I like to say a challenging environment, a toxic environment could change you before you change it. But what happened was you changed where you grew yourself to be able to face and navigate that challenge. Yeah. And obviously, there are not two situations that are the same. So depending on where you are and how resilient you are at the moment and what is the context in your life, right? But it took me three years to stop having the kids, um, going back to my career and getting into Amazon. And it was just 
too much of a high price to pay. Yeah. And then I felt resilient and strong enough that I could do it. I'm not saying that in every step in my life I will have done the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, at that point, that worked. And then I, there is two, I always say that, you know, two questions changed my life, mm. my professional life. Um, the first one was in a presentation from finance. I was working at customer service, like I was really 21 at the beginning of my career. And then I was doing my MBA in the evenings and I asked this question and I felt I felt like, oh no, I shouldn't ask because it's gonna be a silly question, you know? And then I thought, no, I wanna learn, it's for my MBA. That question, um, that person remember that question and then six months later, they needed a junior person in the finance department and they asked me, they said, this girl understands numbers. <laughs> That gave me my first promotion into the finance world and working with vice president and just getting connections and kind of start growing up in the ladder. And then the second question was, you know, the same thing. Um, talking to someone and saying, yeah, they are going to pay my MBA, but I mean, I'm going to pay my MBA and I need to save money. And they say, why don't you ask the company to pay for it? And I was like, how can I ask that? That's impossible. But then I just asked the question. I had the no, right? They said yes. <laughs> yeah. So then, like, yeah, those those questions, I always feel like, you know, sometimes it's just these little things that take you into leaps into a different trajectory. Yeah. And the worst thing you could do is not ask. Because if you didn't ask, you would have stayed in the smaller space that you were operating with. All you had to do was ask two questions and it just changed your entire trajectory love love those examples so then let's talk about your future bear like you've done so many amazing things you have an incredible husband who i think is just fabulous and a blueprint for husbands um you have two great i mean i'm sure he's gonna love that when he listens to this podcast <laughs> you have two great kids you had this high-flying corporate career and now you have an amazing career as an executive coach what do you do from here? What is your next goalpost? What are you thinking of next? So, yes, I have an amazing husband and therefore, yeah, like I think you will be happy with, with that and I, I agree. <laughs> uh, he's very supportive of my career. And my vision for the future is basically I would love to stay in the Caribbean for a few more years because I just love the lifestyle and I love the lifestyle and the values of the people and everything about the Caribbean. But I would love to keep growing in, you know, in executive coaching and do more working with big groups and teams and presentations. And, um, you know, we do change management, we do recruiting, we do um, a lot of things within talent development. So yeah. I want to do more and more and bigger and keep working with global companies and get bigger contracts. So and ultimately, I want to do a tech talk. That's one of these things in my bucket list. Um, <laughs> And yes, I want to do more of what I do now for the next phase, for the next chapter. Absolutely. Awesome. Because those are all things you can do with us at Soul Career. So awesome. Yeah. So let's, I always like to end our podcast on three tips. So I'm going to ask you, Bea, what three tips do you have for our audience for figuring out whether they're ready now for an executive coach? Okay, so I'm not sure I have three tips, but I do have a generic one, which is 
you know, when you feel that you are a little bit too much in your comfort zone, yeah. and there is a certain level of fulfillment, but you know you can be more fulfilled, and you know you can do bigger, and it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're being a little bit reactive, and coaching takes you into being more proactive, and, and just kind of taking control back of your own life, and say, no, I just want to do this, and, and, and getting traction, getting traction into achieving your objectives and your goals and it mobilizes you and basically the coach becomes your your sounding board your your supporter your ally but also your catalyst force so that moves you into action into you know it gives you the impulse so if you if people feel that they're in this kind of uncomfortable situation where they they're okay but they're not really doing great i think coaching takes you from good to great Yeah, you told me a story about that time you got an executive coach last year and that helped you end up at Soul Career. So tell that story, please, Bea. It's a great story. <laughs> that's, that's exactly where I was one year ago, actually, in May. So I had my clients and I was working as a coach and I loved the work and I was, you know, really happy with it. And I felt like I, I needed to run faster. I didn't know what that meant but I just needed to run faster. I just, I was, I had this kind of itchiness. And then I hired two coaches during the summer because I thought I just need to walk the talk. Yeah. If I believe that I, in order to get in, you know, in a situation where you need to change in order to get faster and bigger and like, you know, going for the possibilities, you need to walk the talk. So. Um, I hired two coaches, one a life coach, more working into my own values, self-limiting beliefs, insecurities, and so on. And then another one, an executive coach, working on performance goals and, and objectives, professional objectives. Three months later, I was interviewing for soul career. <laughs> and then four months later, I was working with you, um, doing double the clients. I was like, basically, my schedule just kind of <laughs> we just took over your whole schedule <laughs> yeah, it was amazing and then i was learning all the content and and just doing all the things like training and so it was amazing and it was so effective and i think that co like those coaches i call them sometimes and i said you know i'm doing this and now i became also a partner right and yes you're an investor in soul career now too so that's exciting <laughs> Yeah, so you're not you're not only a coach, you own a coaching company too, a part owner, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, when I think about the decision that I took when I first hired a coach, um, it was when I became CEO of the Branson Center for the first time, and I had so many demands on me as a person. I had the board wanted things from me or the entrepreneurs that we served wanted something, the team wanted something. I was going through a breakup and that was really hard and there was just no space for me in the center of all of that. I was just being torn apart, pulled in so many different directions and I needed some tools and some frameworks to really just hold center in the midst of all of that and I knew I needed help and I reached out to someone who was just amazing and wonderful and I'm so happy that I did that. So you can approach coaching for many different reasons. You want to expand, you feel stagnant and you want to do more like Bea or like me. There's too much going on and you have no idea how to handle it and you need a coach to help you navigate through that. Um, so great reasons to hire a coach. 
So Bea, that brings us to the end of our conversation, but we talk all the time. I see Bea basically every day. She is just, we attracted each other through the law of attraction for sure. Because I needed someone like her to help us push the business forward. And she was looking for someone like us. And it was just a powerful universe soul connection that happened last year. About six months ago. Maybe a little bit more than six months ago now. Gosh, time flies so fast. But we're just having you on the podcast now. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us on the podcast. And I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Sandra. It's been a pleasure. Thanks.